Let's pray. Kings and Lord of Lords, the true friend, the one who says he will never leave us, he will never forsake us, we worship you. Accept our thanks in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for everything you've done for us in the past. We thank you for what you are doing for us even right now. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you because your words, your promises are yea and amen. You are the one who said that when we are passing through rivers, when we are passing through fires, you will be with us. Thank you that you are being with us. Please accept our worship in Jesus' name. Today, even as your word will be going forth, we pray that your healing virtue will flow through your word. And reach out to all your children all over the world. Please heal those who are sick. Set the captives free. And in case there is anyone in sorrow, Father, please bring them comfort. And Lord God Almighty, please have mercy on the whole world. And put an end to all the problems we might be passing through. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Let someone shout hallelujah. We want to continue from where we left off last Sunday. You remember that we said that Jesus Christ went to the cross for us in order to destroy curses in our lives and to give us the blessings of Abraham. And that he did this because of his love for us. I told you then that by the grace of God, when we meet again, we'll be discussing a continuation of all these things. Every great man has a secret. Every successful man has a secret, the secret of their success. The interesting thing is, they don't share these secrets. And um, I've always wondered, how come they don't share? Until I realized that 
They don't share because it's the secret. I mean, if they share the secret, then it's no longer a secret. I mean, you find that among Christians, even among Christians, when you ask them, Sir, how do you do it? How come you become so successful? They have a ready-made answer for you. They will just say, oh, 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 it's just the grace of God. We know it's the grace of God, but why don't you tell us? Now, most of these successful men will only share their secrets when they are about to die. And they share these secrets only with maybe someone who is very, very special, someone who is very, very close. As a result of which many people even die without sharing their secrets. Now when you are talking of successful people, there's none that will come close to Jesus Christ. It was an all-round success. At birth, heaven and I celebrated, according to Luke chapter 2, from verse 8 to 14. Luke 2, 8 to 14. The mass choir of heaven came down to sing at his birth. By the time he was 12 years old, according to Luke chapter 2, from verse 42 to 47, Luke 2, 42 to 47, he was already a celebrity. I mean, the doctors who were gathered together, listening to him, hearing him, Sharing things that they all these years have not been able to grasp, according to the word of God, were astonished at his understanding and the answers he gave to their questions at 12. By the time he became an adult, oh, according to Mark chapter 1, from verse 23 to 34, Mark 1, 23 to 34, even at the very beginning of his ministry, the Bible said, his fame has spread abroad. And then, if you read John chapter 17, from verse 1 to 5, John 17, from verse 1 to 5, you will find him saying, mission accomplished. Daddy, the work you gave me to do, I've done it. He finished well. And even today, according to Philippians chapter 2, from verse 9 to 11, Philippians 2, 9 to 11, uh, you may discover that there will be people who still don't like him. But they can't ignore him because they know that sooner or later they're going to bow to him. Willing 
either willingly or by force. Because at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Now, when he was here on earth, and he wants to share something with someone who is very close, he spoke in codes. In John chapter 13, for example, from verse 21 to 27, John 13, 21 to 27, at the Last Supper, with his disciples, he announced that one of them will betray him. And they were all asking, Who is he? Who is he? And he wasn't answering. Then Peter beckoned to John, the beloved, who was very, very, very close to Jesus Christ, and said to him, uh, Ask him. He may not tell us, but he will tell you. You are his favorite. And John asked him, Lord, who is he? Mm, he said, okay. I'm going to take a bit of bread. I'm going to dip it in this uh, soup. I'm going to put it in the mouth of the traitor. There were 13 of them at that supper. And he was still speaking to one in quotes. So the others didn't know what was going on. He dipped the bread in the stew, put it in the mouth of Judas Iscariot, and then told him, whatever you have to do, go and do it quickly. The Bible said there, those who were there, they didn't know what was going on. They didn't know what was going on. But, when he was about to leave, he revealed the secret of all round success to all the disciples. And you will find it in the text for today, in Mark chapter 16, from verse 15 to 20. Mark 16, from verse 15 to 20. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world, and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So then, after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord walking with them and confirming the word with signs following. Amen.
What is the secret of all round success for every child of God? Simple. Preach the gospel. Be a soul winner. You say, how can this be the secret of all round success? Well, that's what I'm about to share with you. I'm going to tell you some of the things you will get by being a committed soul winner. I'll share just seven of them. If there's any extra that I've not shared with you, well, I hope the Holy Spirit will, will tell you. Or maybe one of these days when I'm also about to leave. <laughs> maybe I will add whatever remains, but if I give you seven, that should be enough. One, if you are a soul winner, a committed soul winner, all your prayers will be answered. Now, if that's the only thing you get from being a soul winner, that's enough to make you a success. Jesus says so clearly in John chapter 15, verse 16. John 15, verse 16. You've not chosen me. I've chosen you that you may go and bring forth fruit and your fruit will abide. Then anything you ask, anything, you ask the Father in my name, will be done for you. Now the word anything is a very, very powerful word. I know the power of the word anything maybe because I'm a mathematician. And I'm going to give you just maybe two or three illustrations of anything to tell you no matter how difficult what to ask for. If you are a soul winner, you get one, take Moses. In Exodus 33, from verse 17 to 23, Exodus 33, 17 to 23, God was talking to somebody who has brought salvation to a whole nation. What can I do for you? And Moses said, just show me your glory. We've been talking all these years. We've been working together for 40 years. Now show me your glory. Let me see you. God said, ah, what do you ask for? <laughs> it's a very dangerous thing. You see my face, you will die. But, I will grant your request in a certain manner. There's a rock not too far from here. It has a little cleft in it. I will put you in that cleft of the rock. Cover your face with my hand. And just when I'm about to pass by, I let you see just a little bit of my behind. And Moses said, well, <laughs> half bread is better than nothing. He saw a little glimpse of the glory of God. And according to Exodus 34, 
verse 30 to 35 Exodus 34 30 to 35 from that day onward nobody could look at the face of Moses his face began to shine like the sun that when he wanted to talk to anybody he had to cover his face with a veil anything consider Elijah First Kings chapter 18 from verse 36 to 39 First Kings chapter 18 from verse 36 to 39 you see another man who was interested in bringing salvation to the people was interested in bringing the people back to God he cried to God and said let fire fall from heaven and God granted his request let me give you another example in 2nd Kings chapter 2 from verse 9 to 15 2nd Kings chapter 2 from verse 9 to 15 Elijah was about to depart and he asked Elisha what do you want me to do for you the boy said, I want a double portion of your spirit. Remember the story? Elijah said, you have asked a hard thing. But he got what he wanted. And so for all of you who are soul winners already, I decree that everything you want from God, the Almighty God will release to you today. For those of you who are not so winners already, I pray that as soon as you become committed to soul winning, every one of your prayers will be answered. Amen. Number two, when you become a committed soul winner, you will enjoy constant divine touch. God will begin to touch you regularly you say where is that in the Bible well in George chapter 15 you read from verse 1 to 2 John 15 verses 1 and 2 Jesus Christ said I am divine my father is the husband man every branch in me that beareth fruit he purges it you know the many of forge there he will come and prune it he will come and say oh this one is bearing fruit let's help it so that it can bear more fruit let's remove any dead wood from it so that it can produce more, more fruit whenever someone is a committed soul winner the touch of God will be on that fellow regularly. And what will the touch of God do for you? Well, take Mark chapter 1. From verse 40 to 45. Mark 1, 40 to 45. The Bible says the leper came to Jesus Christ. And left, let them before him, worshipped him. And said, I know you can make me clean if you are willing. The Bible says Jesus Christ said, Oh, I'm willing. He touched him and he was cleansed. 
Very interesting story. Because then Jesus Christ told him, keep your mouth shut, don't tell anyone. <laughs> and the leper must have smiled. Keep quiet after what you've done for me. The Bible said he went everywhere. Everywhere. Testify. Now ask yourself one or two questions. The law says that the priest must not touch a leper. That's what the law says. And Jesus is the one, is the word, the one who made the law. Now he saw this man, he was a leper. All he had to do is speak the word. You want to be clean? Alright, go ahead, be clean. And the fellow will be clean because it is written. He sent his word and he healed them. Or he could easily have said, Oh, since you believe, be it unto you according to your faith. That he went ahead and touched him. Why? Because he knows the end from the beginning. He knows that this is a witness. This is somebody who witness. So when he was saying, hey, don't tell anyone, he was just pouring petrol to fire. He knew that that fellow would be the soul winner. When God touches you, he reverses the irreversible. He kills the incurable. He will break any law to release a miracle to somebody who is a soul winner. When he touches you, not only will he heal you miraculously, not only will he reverse irreversible, he gives you supernatural strength. Supernatural strength to reach your goal faster. Supernatural strength to outrun your enemy. You see, where is that in the Bible? First King chapter 18, verse 46. First King chapter 18, verse 46. The Bible says the hand of God was on Elijah. And he ran past the chariot of Ahab all the way to Jezreel. You're a soul winner. God's hand will be on you regularly and He will give you supernatural strength so that you outrun your enemy so that you reach your goal faster. But there is something even more interesting than that. You are a regular soul winner. His hand comes upon you you will begin to hear from God regularly. Second Kings chapter three, from verse nine to nineteen. Second Kings three, nine to nineteen. Three kings came to Elisha. They needed help. They needed counsel. Elisha said, "Bring me the minstrel." The Bible says as the minstrel was singing, the hand of God came upon Elisha. 
And the moment the hand of God came upon him, he began to prophesy, Thus saith the Lord. Be a committed soul winner. The hand of God will be on you. You will begin to hear from God. You will become a counselor to the higher mighty. You don't have to be a prophet to hear from God. I think you should write that one down. Because it's very important. All you need to be is a soul winner. I've told you again and again, I'm not a prophet. I'm a pastor. I just hear from God once in a while. You're a soul winner. You will be hearing from God from time to time. Because His hand will come upon you, and when He touches you, you hear from Him. Number three. If you are a committed soul winner, you begin to enjoy miraculous supplies. Miraculous supplies. Why? Because whatever he touches multiplies. Whatever he touches will be multiplied. John chapter 6 from verse 5 to 13. John 6 from verse 5 to 13. They gave him five loaves of bread, two fishes. He took this in his hands and by the end of the day after five thousand men had been fed there were twelve baskets left over. One funny fellow who, who wanted to show that he's very clever said, oh, what happened was, no, they, 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 we don't understand. You see, when Jesus was preaching to the people, they became so satisfied with his preaching. He didn't, he didn't multiply the food. He, he just preached a little more. I said, ah, what about the 12 extra baskets? <laughs> Anything he touches multiplies. And that includes your business. Because in Luke chapter 5 from verse 1 to 11, Luke 5 from verse 1 to 11, when he stepped into the boat of Peter, the boat that was empty before, before he finished, simply because he had come in contact with that boat, that boat was overflowing with fish. But if you read that story very well, Luke 5, from verse 1 to 11, there were two boats. He chose one. The one that belonged to Peter. Why? Because he knows the end from the beginning. He knows that this man is going to become a fisher of men. He knows this man will forsake all to follow him to preach the gospel. 
And then there's something interesting again that I want you to note if we would just make up your mind from now on that you become a committed soul winner, you will be amazed at some things that will begin to happen. Look at a story in Matthew 17. From verse 24 to 27. Matthew 17, 24 to 27. Jesus Christ and the disciples were passing through a city and the people uh, cornered Peter and go and said, uh, what about your taxes? And then Jesus Christ asked the disciples, uh, etc. That we should pay tax and so on and so forth. He said, "Well, anyway, we don't want to offend them." Peter, go and fish. Take your hook, and the first fish you catch, you will find money in his mouth. It will be enough to pay all the taxes needed. Many people don't fully understand that story. God is simply saying that breakthrough you are crying to him for is already in the mouth of a fish. But you have to go out fishing. You have to bring out that fish. You know when it's those it's what we call fishing for souls. And I give you an illustration. Or two. One of my daughters, years ago, was crying to Almighty God. God, you know I'm of a marriageable age. I've kept myself pure. Show me who would be my husband. Or show me to him. There are so many boys in the church here. And God spoke to her and said, Your husband is not yet in the church. He's not yet saved. Go and fish for him. <laughs> you want your husband? Eh, he's there outside. He's not saved yet. That's why I've not shown you. And then I think... Uh, I can't remember the full story. It wasn't long after that they had a conference because she she's a professional. A conference of the people in her profession, and as usual now, since God said go fishing, she just kept on witnessing. <laughs> and one of the people she witnessed to gave his life to Jesus Christ. Six months later, the brother came and said, "Thus said the Lord, you have to be my wife." She looked at him and said, You're a baby in Christ. How do you know what God is saying? He said, Yes, I'm a baby in Christ, but from the day I gave my life to Jesus Christ, God told me clearly. I might not have had any other thing from him. But he told me clearly, You are the one I will marry. Go and fish. And the miracle you want is in the mouth of the fish. In every man's life there is a river. And there is a fish there, your fish. 
Go and get the fish. And you don't know which one. You don't know which one. Just keep on witnessing. I have three friends. Very, very close to me. All of them converts. Whenever I travel, they travel with me. And anything that I look at twice without speaking, they buy it. When I discovered that that's they, are, they, they were struggling about who to buy this, who to buy that, I refused going and shopping with them. Win souls. And the Almighty God will show you the fish that will meet all your needs without you having to beg. Number four. Be a committed soul winner and you begin to enjoy divine immunity. In Mark 16 that I read to you from verse 17 to 18. Mark 16, 17 to 18. If you are a committed soul winner, you don't have to worry yourself about demonic attacks. <laughs> you have to cast them out, demons, wherever you find them. In fact, demons will see you come and run and say, hey, this, this troublesome fellow has come. You don't have to be afraid of Problems from serpents. You don't have to worry yourself about arrows coming from this fellow, that fellow, because he said you even challenge serpents. That's what he means by take up serpents. You don't have to worry about poisoned food. He said even if you eat any deadly thing, it's not going to harm you. I may consider Acts chapter 28. Acts chapter 28, from verse 1 to 6. Acts 28, 1 to 6. Bible tells us that what happened when uh, Paul and a host of others were shipwrecked on an island called Melita. And uh, Paul gathered some uh, firewood and started a fire. And a serpent, a very poisonous serpent, came out of the fire. And fasting is it on Paul. And he shook it enough into the fire. And the Bible said the villagers, the islanders, were waiting for him to swell and die because they knew that particular serpent was very poisonous. But nothing happened. Why? 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 16. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 16. Paul said, Woe unto me if I preach not the gospel. Here is a man who is committed to preaching the gospel. Serpents have no power over him. You see, when you read Isaiah 54 from verse 14 to 17, Isaiah 54, 14 to 17, you will see that that is written for soul winners. Because the Almighty God said, listen, all those who may want to say they are making charms to use against you, they are wasting their time. He said, because all the roots and the halves they are going to combine together, I made them all 
So if they make anything they want to use against you, I just neutralize it. That's what I meant by saying, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. You're soul winner, you don't have to be afraid of uh, virus or bacteria or whatever they want to call it. You'll be immune. Several years ago, 1977 I think, we, we had a, a congress in Ilori. At that time, oh, they haven't got the dam that was supplying them water there. There was acute shortage of water in Ilori. And so the brothers and sisters who were looking after us went to what they call a river, which is nothing more than maybe a gutter and brought of water. The water was black. So you don't have to be a scientist to know that this thing is loaded with germs. And they brought a bottle of Isaac. Sir, we are sorry, this is the only water available, but if we pour this uh, Isaac into it, it will kill whatever is there. That's the only water you can bathe with. I thank them. And I took the bottle of Isaiah. I was about to open it when God spoke to me. First of all, when are you be hearing from me? I said, son, which is more powerful? Isaiah or my blood? Ah, I said, without doubt, <laughs> your blood. It's your blood that conquered Satan. He said, there are places I'm going to send you to in the world. The water will be worse than this. And there will be no Isaiah. Plead my blood over this water and go ahead and take your bath. That was 1977. I'm still alive today. Number five. You become a committed soul winner, you begin to enjoy divine partnership. How can God be your partner and you won't succeed? not possible. In the text I read to you in Mark chapter 16 verse 20, Mark 16 verse 20, he said, as they preached, the Lord walked with them. A soul winner will have the backing of the Almighty God. He will have a partner. In the Almighty God. If you read Exodus chapter 3, you can read it all the way from verse 1 to 15. Exodus 3 from verse 1 to 15. When God sent Moses to go and bring Israel out of Egypt, um, Moses said, I love God Almighty. Do you know where you are sending me? The Lord said to him, I will be with you. I pray for every one of you listening to me today. From now on, may the Almighty God be with you. Amen. I will be with you. You will win a whole nation. You take a whole nation out of the hand of the one who are beholding them captive. 
In Joshua chapter 1 from verse 1 to 8, Joshua chapter 1 from verse 1 to 8, when God spoke to Joshua and said, where Moses stopped, you are to continue. And Joshua began to tremble. So I'm just a messenger to Moses. How can I become the leader of a whole nation? God said, as I was with Moses, I will be with you. I will be your partner. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, from verse 34 to 37, 1 Samuel 17, 34 to 37, God, I mean, we find a young boy who was a witness, David. He was speaking when the nation was in a crisis. The terrorists have been terrorizing the nation for 40 days. And David stood up and said, I will fight these terrorists. I will wipe him out. And uh, the king said, what are you talking about? You are just a little boy. And he said, uh, well, let me give you some testimonies. I have killed a lion. I have killed a bear. There is a God who gave me victory. That same God, he will give me victory again. When we talk about witness, most of it is sharing your testimony. The king opened his mouth and said, Go, and the Lord be with you. That partner you already had, let that partner continue with you, and I know Goliath will fall. And of course, when you read Acts chapter 10, verse 38, Acts chapter 10, verse 38, you hear where it is written concerning the original evangelist himself. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. He had a partner. And of course he went about preaching the gospel of the kingdom. If you are committed soul winner, number six, you will begin to enjoy divine excellence. That's number six. You suddenly find yourself excelling, becoming better and greater than your colleagues. Acts chapter 5, from verse 12 to 16, Acts 5, 12 to 16, tells us that miracles, signs and wonders were wrought by the apostles. They were all performing miracles, signs and wonders. But, Peter excelled. In his own case, he didn't even have to lay hands on the sick anymore. His shadow alone was enough to do the job. How come he excelled among his colleagues? Because if you read Acts chapter 2, from verse 14 to 41, Acts 2, 
40 to 41 and Acts 3 12 to 26 Acts 3 12 to 26 you will find that when others were speaking in tongues on the day of Pentecost it was Peter who got up and preached after the people were amazed at the healing of the lame man by the beautiful gate who was the one who jumped up and began to preach again? Peter. He was the one who kept on talking, 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 witnessing. And so he kept on excelling. Or take Philip as another example. There were seven deacons chosen in Acts chapter 6 from verse 1 to 7. Acts 6, 1 to 7. How come Philip excelled? How come we never heard about five of the seven again? But we kept on hearing about Philip. In fact, he moved on from being a deacon to becoming an evangelist. Well, look at it. Acts chapter 8, from verse 5 to 8. Acts 8, 5 to 8. Philip went down to Samaria. When he got to Samaria, he didn't keep quiet. He kept on preaching Christ. The only one who died young, Stephen, the one who was murdered, even before he died, he looked up to heaven and saw Jesus Christ standing at attention for <laughs> an ordinary decay. Acts chapter 7 from verse 35 where 55 to 56 many people like you can read the whole Acts of the Apostles chapter 7 because he preached such a wonderful sermon God stood at attention that's my boy you are too good to stay on in the world. Come and join me here. When you are a committed soul winner, you will enjoy divine excellence. I pray for every one of you listening to me today, very, very soon, in your place of work, among your families and friends, you begin to excel. Amen. Number seven. And with that one, I think I should close for today. When you are winning souls, all things being equal, you will live long. On the other hand, if you are a Christian and you are not winning souls, you run a risk of not living long. Where is that in the Bible? Where? Luke chapter 13, verse 6 to 9. Luke 13, verse 6 to 9. 
says a, a man planted uh, a tree and kept coming to look for fruit and there was none again and again no fruit so he called the gardener and said hey why is this tree here just come bring the ground cut it down it's just standing there occupying space useless no fruit the gardener pleaded let's give it just one more year I will do everything I will dig around it I will put fertilizer I will do everything that could be done if it still will not pro produce fruit uh, then let's cut it down how long ago since you got born again how many souls have you won you see because in Matthew chapter 3 verse 10 Matthew chapter 3 verse 10 the Bible says the axe is laid at the foot of the tree any tree that will not produce fruit will be cut down you are a child of God you have been well taught particularly those of you who are members of the redeemed Christian Church of God oh you are loaded with words you know the Bible your preachers don't preach a sermon that is empty I'm sure each time they preach every statement they make they support it with the word of God so you know the word of God you are well fed the Bible has said that in the end times there will be a famine of the word of God but in the redeemed Christian church of God by the grace of God and by the training that your pastors have received mm -mm, there's no famine of the word of God you know the Bible every time you go to church check your notebook and you see how many passages of the scriptures you have there you go to Digindi, check. You go to Sunday school, check. And today, for example, now, <laughs> when you get home, check how many Bible passages you have already received. You are well fed. You are loaded. If you don't produce fruits, you are in danger. The one who gives you the secret of all and success is also telling you the secret of total failure. You are committed to a winner, you will succeed all around. You refuse to win souls, you are in danger. Conclusion Now you have had the truth. I've taken time not to make this just a sermon but another real Bible study. 
What are you going to do with the information you have now? Because in Matthew chapter 7, from verse 24 to 27, Matthew 7, 24 to 27, the Lord Christ, Jesus Christ said, Anyone who hears my words and we act on these words, I will compare him to a wise man who builds his house on the rock. And then the flood came. The wind blew. And the house stood. But the one who hears my words and will not do anything about it, I will compare him to a foolish man who built on sand. And then the flood came, the wind blew, and the house fell. The two houses look alike until the flood came. Christians all over the world everybody shouting hallelujah and jumping up and down now the flood has come and why some, some people are confidently looking forward to when the lockdown will be over some are almost dying even of fright The flood will come sooner or later to every believer. There are those who will survive any flood, no matter from where, the soul winners. My advice to you, therefore, my beloved children, be wise. Do something about what you have learned this morning. Oh, we are locked down. Your phone is not locked down. You can phone your friends who are not yet born again and tell them, hey, you see what you are passing through now. Only God knows those who will survive. But if you surrender your life to Jesus Christ quickly now, He will include you among those who will be more than conquerors. And as soon as the lockdown is over, you better spread your wings and go about winning souls. He asks you to go to all the world. And then you begin to enjoy all and success. As for those of you who are not yet born again and you have been listening to me, you have heard the truth. You want to succeed all around, you better surrender your life to Jesus Christ. Without him, you can do nothing. With him, you can excel. So if you want to give your life to Jesus Christ, wherever you are now, please bow your head and cry unto him. I said, I won't delay any longer. I'm surrendering my life to you today. Please save my soul. And I will serve you for the rest of my life. So we pray as you bow down your head and call on him. I will join you in prayers. And the rest of us who are already sure of our salvation, please cry to God for these people who are surrendering their lives to Jesus now. 
Pray that the one who saved your soul will save their own souls also. Pray that the Almighty God will give them genuine salvation and give them a brand new beginning. So that very soon they too will be on their way to all round success. Please pray for them. And as we intercede for them, please rededicate yourself. Become 100% committed to soul winning. And very soon, we'll be hearing all manners of testimonies of breakthroughs of excelling in every area of life of success all and success miracles of healings miracles of financial breakthroughs miracles of even hearing from God as God begins to lay stand upon you as you become committed to soul winning Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. My Father, my God, I want to thank you once again for your word. I want to thank you so, so much for making everything so simple, so plain, so that every one of us can understand. I want to thank you for those who are surrendering their life to you right now. Father, please receive them. Let your blood wash away their sins. Give them a brand new beginning. Save their souls, O Lord. And receive them into the family of God. And from this moment onward, when they cry unto you for anything, please answer them by fire. And let them begin to serve you forever. Please, Lord, I'm committing all your children into your hands. Beginning from today, as they rededicate themselves to soul winning, answer all their prayers. Amen. Please, Lord God Almighty, lay your hands on them. Amen. Let your healing power flow through them. Amen. Reverse the irreversible for them. Amen. And please, Lord God Almighty, let them become completely immune to every form of poison, every form of virus, every form of bacteria. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. And I pray, Lord God Almighty, that you would promote this your children so rapidly that even their enemies will be amazed and they will say, Ah, your God must be great. Amen. Father, do this for your children Amen. and let every one of us excel. Amen. And I pray, Lord, that as we commit ourselves to soul winning, none of us will die young. Amen. Thank you, Almighty God. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Amen.